You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host, Pierce, alongside of my good co-host, Jimmy, Reagan, and Schmitty. But uh, making his triumphant return to the PJ's cast, we've got our good friend, Charlie Romeliotis. How's it going, Charlie? It's good to be back, guys. I feel like I am a friend of the show. I feel like once I'm on multiple times on a show, then I, it means like I'm a friend of the podcast. So oh, I thought we, already, we established this, but it's been a while. We yeah, did. So you're, we did. You're the OG friend of the show. That's, <laughs> That's a nice no, honor. We're, we're glad to have you back on. As a matter of fact, the last time we had you on was May 2021. And uh, a, lot of, a lot has happened with this uh, Chicago Blackhawks franchise. A lot of it rough, <laughs> but... Uh, and the roughest month has maybe yet to, to even come, at least from an on-ice perspective. And, uh, yeah, well, that's basically what we're going to be talking about this podcast. So let's, uh, let's not waste any time. Um, Charlie, uh, I know Jimmy wanted to kind of bring this in. but uh, Oh, gosh. I remember, yeah. <laughs> this I, is, no, I think this is the coolest yeah. thing. Can, yeah. I, can I get into it? Is that okay? Yeah, you go. Uh-oh. Okay, we so we – you were essentially the beginning of the PJ's cast. Pierce and I had been recording episodes um, I've, every now and then on our phones, just about the yeah, Hawks. I, Pierce, I don't even know what silly name we had for the podcast, whatever. But beginning of COVID, I had um, – or was it COVID? I forget exactly. I think it was before was. COVID. I think it was before – it would have been before I think COVID. Yeah, because I – yeah. See. Okay. We are. We are. Hey. He is a friend of the show. He knows who we were before COVID. Okay. There you go. But um, uh, uh, we talked on the podcast, of course. Blah blah blah. Pierce and I kind of fangirled. And um, one thing we oh, mentioned on there was that the Hawks funny. need to uh, need to target a specific Greek player, Andreas Athanasiu. Thank you for manifesting that. Um, during a boring season, he's been a lot of uh, fun to watch. I just want to say thank you for uh, making whatever calls you had to make to uh, make that happen in uh, three years' time. So uh, I, thank was you it for you that. guys? Was it you guys that at replied me the second he signed? And, yeah. Like somebody started oh, yeah. probably. Yeah. It would be okay. no one else besides us that would do that. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say yeah. somebody started pulling up old receipts, and I actually totally forgot that I we had talked about this on the podcast. And it was like, I think it was like an at reply. Maybe it was to you guys saying like, I'll have to manifest this. And sure enough, or I think it was like trying to manifest a trade. And so it was a signing, whatever. But yeah, I pulled, I pulled some strings. I'm glad you did, man. We appreciate it. Anyways, uh... talk about how he's going to be traded at the trade deadline. (laughs) Look into that. And then there'll be no more Greek players on the team. Oh, no, oh, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to pull some strings for the Blackhawks to somehow acquire Jordan Cairo so they can. I was going to hour talking. <laughs> I know, I know. I, it, that's going to be a really tough sell uh, for St. Louis, <laughs> but that's yeah. If, if one Greek goes out, I feel like I got to get another one in here. Well, I so. think if you ask nicely enough, they'll they'll trade them to to the Blackhawks. Guy. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Hey, who knows? Our timelines <laughs> might be on the right path. St. Louis yeah. seems to be falling off. I'm sure you could like so. offer Scott Powers to cover the team for like two or three years. We get Cairo yeah. for two or three. You know, I'm there sure you go. Work they get Powers else. as a rental. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deadline rental Scott Powers. Oh, I love it. I, I love back with, the, with Chicago in the offseason. That's how it usually goes, right? <laughs> I love it. All right. Okay. Uh, I wanted to ask first off, Charlie. Um, Lucas Reichel, of course, has been the Hawks' top prospect for about a couple of years now. 
And, uh, well, it's been a bit of a, a yo-yo with him uh, the last year or so. And uh, lately, it's been a bit of the same. Um, he was called up. He uh, had a three-point game against the uh, – who would it have been that game? Oh, my goodness. This was, was my remember this. The Flames. Yeah, yeah it was Calgary. Yeah. Had a three-point game. I heard he played well against the Avalanche. I can't say I watched that game. But the game after that, he's, he's, uh, he's back down the minors. Um, it did very much seem the way that Richardson and Davidson talked about him that he would be a full-time player now, but it seems that might not be the case. And I'm just curious, what do you think is uh, going on there exactly and how do they handle him going forward? Yeah, so I think the the Reichel being a full-time NHLer was a little bit overblown of what Luke Richardson had said. Um, I think he had said he he expects, like at the time, it was the, the post-game presser. Was it after calgary or was it after arizona i can't remember which one of the games like even when patrick probably calgary because it was like the hype of the three-point game i remember that uh, a lot was happening that night yeah yeah and i actually think it was my question i said like even when kane returns like do you expect reichel to to still be here and i think he said like we expect him to to get a longer look i don't think it was anything along the lines of he's gonna be full-time like this is where he is um or where he's gonna be moving forward I was a little bit surprised. And and by the way, I guess I should say too, I think Luke Richardson said uh, he hadn't talked to the management group yet. Like typically, mm. typically they'll, if there are like some injuries that happen during a game, uh, Luke Richardson will talk with Kyle Davidson and the, and the staff right before he talks to the media. So like if there are some injuries, then they know like what kind of call-ups that they might have to make, especially if it's like before a road trip. So I don't think he had talked to Kyle Davidson and the staff yet before he talked to us. So I don't want to say he he misspoke, but I think he was kind of like, oh yeah, we expect him to be here for a little bit of a longer, you know, longer term, not necessarily permanently. So when he did get sent back down, it was kind of like, what the heck was that? Like we we were told a few games ago that he was gonna be he was gonna stay here full time, or and so I I think it got a little bit overblown. The one thing I will say, I didn't like the timing of it. Like I think he probably deserved a little bit more. Um, I I fully agree with the decision to send him back down to Rockford. Like I think that is uh, I've been consistent with that since training camp that I think he should spend the majority of the year in Rockford. I I just felt like maybe he did deserve a few more games, even though Patrick Kane was going to return to the lineup. Right. Um, I, I'm still, I'm not sure why they didn't put him on the first power play unit. Um, it was really weird that last year, last year I got, last year there was Kane on the right circle, Debrinket on the left. Like there's really no room for it to put Reichel, but without Debrinket, without Strom, there was, Patrick Kane was hurt. So, I mean, they, they ended up promoting Tyler Johnson. So I didn't really agree with that. And that's where I would have liked to see him get a little bit more rope as far as playing time. But yeah, in those three games, I thought he was excellent. I completely agree. I think the Hawks fan base would agree, even uh, though they might be a little more, uh, I'd say, animated in their yeah. response, a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It, it is hard sense. though, because I, I, like, especially during a season like this, when there really is nothing to root for, it's like when, when there is that shiny new toy, like you just want it like, okay, well at least, at least fans can watch yeah. Michael, you know? And I think that's where the, the tough part is. It's like, he gets sent back down to Rockford and it's like, oh man, it would, fans were finally getting excited to actually watch one of these top prospects. And then he gets sent back down. So I oh. think it's better for his long-term development to stay in rock, to be in Rockford. Um, but I just I think that's where, and by the way, I should get on the record too. I do not believe the Blackhawks sent him down because he was decreasing their odds to land <laughs> number one overall pick. I think that theory is way overblown. Well, oh, yeah. in the NHL. No, but anyone who doesn't follow the team on a daily basis that. clearly realizes that they're not tanking anymore. Like, yeah, I can't right. believe that was a national story when they won six of their last seven. I was like, give it a break, guys. It's oh, called regressing God. back to the mean. Yeah, exactly. Or awesome. I guess yeah, progressing yeah. back to the mean in this case because they lost yeah. like 20 of their last 23. Right. Like, Oh, you sorry. say shiny I, new I toy. That part out. That's ridiculous. I I 100 agree. <laughs> yes, Schmidt, like, you're absolutely right. Yeah, they're not getting. God forbid the goalies win a couple Lucas games Reichel, every once in a while. The tank destroyer. <laughs> they also they won the tank and threw it away. <laughs> they they won no two boys. games. They won two games in November and December combined. Out of twenty, they had more points in January than they did in November, <laughs> December combined. Yeah, I mean, even the worst teams win one out of three or four. So yeah, it was it was just. It was a little market correction. Well, we've talked about this on the show. Like, this is a long season. There's 82 games. The Blackhawks are probably going to lose 50-plus games, but they're still going to find a way to win, like, 25-plus games. 
Right. right. No team's bad enough to lose game 65 right games in a season. Yeah. It's just not going to happen in this – at oh. least in this type of league, it's not going to happen. There's just too many games, I feel like. That would be, like, actually really hard to lose that many. Yeah. Like, the only it's team in any up. sport I can think of is like that was, like, the Bobcats, like, a decade ago. And they went, like, 7-59. Right. and 59. That's, like, never going to happen again, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And with the loser point, too. Like, it, everyone just kind of picks up points. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like – or if you're the, the Hawks, NFL you get both or... points because apparently they just love playing yeah. in overtime. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you, Batman. Yeah, Max told yeah. me just like, I'm going to pot an overtime winner once a month <laughs> and see what's going on. <clears throat> All right. The next question. I believe it's uh, Reagan. We'll give the floor to you. Well, I think we're like a month or so away from the trade deadline now. So do you think on there's Friday, a- it'll be a month till the trade deadline. What? Um. So do they have any like trade deadline like dark horses? As far as uh like individual players for Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, obviously, like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are getting the most attention, but mm-hmm. I really do feel like the two players that could really get moved are, are Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty. Um, Sam Lafferty specifically, I know he has a one point one five million dollar cap hit for this year and next year. So you'd basically Basically, you're getting him at such a bargain deal for two postseason runs, right? So if you are a team, like I think the the Bo Horvat trade obviously just happened. Everyone is talking about what teams are going to do at the trade deadline, and literally no one has any cap space. It's just so hard to make deals. So if you are looking for a bottom six forward that can also jump into the top six, I think Sam Lafferty is is a pretty good candidate for that. And then the other guy, obviously Jake McCabe, the interesting thing with him, and you're hearing this more and more a little bit of the possibility of the Blackhawks retaining half of his salary. So you're basically, you'd get, be getting Jake McCabe at a $2 million cap hit for two more seasons after this one. So it's kind of like, you know, if you think the, the Brandon Hagel trade last year where Tampa was getting Brandon Hagel, but they're also getting him for three or like in their minds, three postseason runs. Right. So like, yeah. I think if, if the Blackhawks want to move Jake McCabe, I would absolutely eat half of that money and make him at, crunch that number to $2 million and maybe you can get a first round pick for it. Or, you know, I threw this idea out on the podcast uh, about like, what if you attach Sam Lafferty to a salary retention, Jake McCabe at $2 million, maybe you just increased your value to from a second round pick and a prospect to a first round pick and a prospect by packaging those guys together. So yeah, I think those are the two players Lafferty and, and McCabe that I would not be surprised if they, if they really do get moved ahead of March 3rd. And also make the team worse by trading Jake McCabe because he's been amazing this year. Yeah, it, this is the Jake McCabe that was advertised when we signed him two years ago. When you right. like, I I got to imagine just the whole like limbo with the systems last year really affected a lot of the defensive analytics for some of these guys because this yeah. is the Jake McCabe he's been for most of his career, I'd say. And I and think any ACL injury team, too. Oh yeah, yeah just like know, casually torn ACL. That. You know, they always say. They always say, and like I see this in football too. They always say, like if you tear your ACL, the the season that you the season the, your first season back from the torn ACL is is isn't really great. It's the second year where you really take. So I mean, we're seeing that now with you know Jake McCabe. It's like year two after his ACL reconstruction was significantly better than you know year one, where you're basically just rehabbing the knee all summer. For sure. Um, I guess speaking on like trade deadline targets right now. Um, one name that kind of for the last month or so has been brought up as is like kind of like a should he stay or should he go type thing is Max Domi, mainly because of like his fit and he seems to like being here. And do you think there's a possibility? Like, I, I think the smart, like from an asset management standpoint, you should move him and get picks or prospects because he's having a good year and teams would take that if it's half retained or full retained. Three million is not the worst cap hit. But there's also a part of it that's like you need guys on the team when the kids start coming up. And I think that's a guy that is a good piece to have towards the future. I'm just curious on what your thoughts are and what the Hawks might do with Domi in the next month or so. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I, I actually agree that he could be a nice piece moving forward, especially in the in the first like he's bounced around so much in the NHL where it's like Arizona, Columbus and Carolina. Like it feels like he just has not either. There isn't a place where he's gotten the playing time. He's gotten the money. He's gotten the possibility of playing for a good team, right? It's never kind of – it's always been like when he got traded to Carolina, he was playing more of a bottom six role, and he was kind of having sheltered minutes. 
like with Chicago, he's he's basically getting everything right now. He's playing with Patrick Kane. He's getting first line minutes. He's on the first power play. He could potentially find a long-term home. Like I'm sure he's tired of figuring out from year to year, like where am I going to play this year, right? So I think that's also part of it. Here's what I would say. If, if I was Max, if you if you really like Chicago and you obviously love playing for Luke Richardson, what's stopping you from having a conversation with, with Blackhawks management and say, hey, I want to be around here. Like, I, I like what you guys are building here. I want to be, I want to help be part of that. Maybe usher in a new wave, but maybe let's, I don't, I don't want to say necessarily like, let's agree to a, an under the table kind of contract, but maybe like, Hey, what are you guys thinking? If I, if I do want to come back and what are, what are we thinking? Is it, is it agreeable? If it is, I would say go, go get a cup. Like maybe like, we're, we're getting some assets for you and then come back in the summer and we'll, we'll resign you to whatever a four-year deal. Right. I don't think the Blackhawks would go beyond four or five, or if it is five, it would be at a really lower uh, cap hit. Five um, would be, I would think, cause there's competition to get him. That would be the only reason if they could get him right. at four, four is like perfect. Cause that I think takes him till he's 32. If I recall correctly. Right. So then it's like, <laughs> he doesn't really have to do anything with his home in Chicago. Like if he's renting or whatever, it's not like he has to go move, pick up his stuff. Like if there is mutual interest for him to return, I mean, he doesn't have no any no trade protection. So it's not like the Blackhawks are like, ah. it's not like Patrick Kane says, I want to stay here. And, you know, you don't have a choice. Like if you're, if, you're, if there's a market for Max Domi, I would absolutely flip him and then maybe revisit. Because like you said, Dylan, like there, there are, you, you are going to, especially if the Blackhawks get Connor Bedard or Fantilli next year, you want to surround those guys with some, some guys that can play. Right. Um, Here's the idea that I pitched to on on our podcast that we actually recorded earlier today that will drop on Friday. Oh, um, you have a podcast as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, so I thought about like if Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, let's just say hypothetically, they don't get traded. So you can retain obviously up to three player salaries per year. I mean, I would retain half of salary on Jake McCabe. I would retain half of salary on Max Domi. So now maybe a, a team is getting Max Domi at 1.5 million and that becomes more attractive, right? So that's just a possibility if Kane and Taves decide they want to stay. Um, and again, the, the point remains the same. Then you can just revisit with Max in the summer and be like, hey, you know, come back here in Chicago and, and we'll, we'll take care of you. And also you might be playing with some of the picks that we end up acquiring to get you or to, to trade you, right? So yeah. it's kind of a win-win. And he's already shown he's got chemistry with some of the guys. I mean, when Reichel was up, that line with him and Kurashev, I think, really seemed to gel. Um, it'd be nice to see all three of them back next year when there's a new team around and it's a new, younger vibe. Um, just my, like, one touch on the deadline. when it, In terms of, like, what the Hawks are looking for in return, do you think it's going to be more draft pick focused or are they going to actually try to get some prospects who are, like, 19, 20, 21 to maybe try to bolster their system even more and not – maybe have a couple of older guys in their system. I'm just curious as to maybe what they're looking for in return in some of these trades. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question too, because sometimes we think that all the draft picks that like, remember, was it this past year where Arizona had like an absurd amount oh, of infinity stones picks. of second round yeah. picks, my yeah, favorite yeah. trend yeah. of the season. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's, it's almost unlikely that even if a team like Chicago did that, like you're going to make all those picks. Right. And, and typically you, I don't even think you can really sign all of them because there, there's like a max contract Contracts. limit. So when, yeah. yeah, right. Um, so if you're Chicago, I would, the only way I would really want to accumulate draft picks this year is if you, you really feel like, let's just say hypothetically, they get a second rounder for Max Domi and they, Andreas Athen to see you, maybe they can get a third or a fourth, whatever it is you would want to accumulate those. So then you can maybe package those, not necessarily to jump up to the first round, but maybe there's a player that's five or six or seven teams ahead that maybe you can get rid of your later fifth round pick so you can move up 10 spots to go get the player you want in the second round. Right. Um, so I think that's where it is. And, and I, I also think it depends on maybe the trajectory of some of the prospects that they're potentially looking at in a trade. Like if there are some players that are closer to the NHL and they feel are knocking on the door, like maybe they can go for it. Um, but if it's like a longer term project, you know, maybe they, maybe they would just rather have the draft pick and just go pick up, pick a guy that they want on their own. <clears throat> Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think that's one point that gets made a lot with prospects is um, sometimes like even if it is a project, they still want their guy. 
Right. So the draft picks, they could go ahead and go get their own draft pick and control their develop or try to control their development as much as they can the whole way through. Because as we've seen in the past, you can only do so much sometimes with some of these young players when they're out in London or they're in overseas. So it's just it's going to be really interesting to see kind of what the returns are in the next coming weeks or if any returns at that. I mean, people are going to get moved, but. Like you got to kind of tamper expectations. This isn't, you know, Frank. Like you're not getting like two firsts for Patrick Kane. Like right, I, whoever right. thinks that, you need you're going to be very disappointed when the <laughs> deadline comes around. Like and Charlie, uh, I'm curious. Uh, we've seen this about I mean every every deadline uh, nowadays. Do you think the Hawks could possibly be one of the teams that uh, kind of moves into that third team spot, uh, moving contracts around, making big trades? Because like you said. A lot of teams don't have cap space. Hawks could definitely, you know, pony up some space, or, or I should say pony up uh, and uh, take on some space. Um, do you think that's possible, or do you think that's just kind of off the books um, this year for Kyle Davidson? Are you thinking if they could be the third-party team? That's Third-party, yeah, for... I worry that okay. kind of badly. But, yeah, would they be the third-party? Do you think that's possible? I, I think they would need some clarity on Kane and Taze's situations first, um, just because – the limit is three per team. So if Kane and Taves are moved, then you basically only have one more player to retain. And yeah, I feel okay. like the Hawks would, yeah, I feel like the Hawks would be more inclined to do that with like a McCabe or a Domi where th- those are the guys that they're retaining. But I, I will say that that's probably a good idea for next year. Like if Kane and Taves are not on the books and, oh, yeah. you know, that, I mean, that's absolutely a possibility where you, you're going to have an absurd amount of cap space and they're going to need to get to the floor too. Um, yeah. somehow so that would be that would <laughs> we, be we talked about that is, yeah they're gonna be worried the probably the first time as a hawks fan i've uh i've ever been worried about getting to the floor and not not hitting the ceiling i think for it's a real thing year. it's a real thing yeah. especially if kane and taze are not here <laughs> like i don't know it's like how 45 million in cap it's insane. yeah yeah <laughs> right yep you lose 20 plus million caps 21 million exactly yeah it's yeah. a and chunk I, of change and i think that segue is really good into what pierce wanted to ask actually yes yeah, so yeah, on that topic, like the Blackhawks are gonna have money to spend this off season, and they need to put. We brought this up earlier. They need to put players around, especially if they get a Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli or one of these prospects that could potentially jump in. Like you need players to not only be there, but like actual good players, and not just with all due respect to guys like Sam Laffrey and Colin Welk. Blackwell, like these bottom six guys, but right. dare you, Pierce? Come on! Like, wait, I know, you I know. Disrespect Colin Blackwell, jeez. You're disrespecting Jason Dickinson, unbelievable. He's playing top <laughs> line on, minutes, man. you know. Yeah, no, Pierce, where are your top line minutes? I don't see you on the top <laughs> line. Oh, well, we're going there, huh? It's getting personal. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, me and Pierce have been talking about this behind the behind the scenes. We don't mean to. Uh, bring, Jimmy, I think you know, uh, we got We got to we got to meet somewhere. In the- <laughs> sell our differences anyways before i was so rudely interrupted like we saw we saw players like oliver bjorkstrand traded this offseason for like third and fourth round picks and i'm just thinking the blackhawks could probably do the same because there there's a lot of teams out there that are going to be looking to move money this offseason not necessarily great contracts but not necessarily contracts that are gonna you know be a boat anger to the blackhawks going forward so i a name I, I keep seeing is like Brock Besser from the Vancouver Canucks. Is not saying that the Blackhawks are necessarily going to get him, but could you see him see the Blackhawks potentially get a player like him, where maybe he's making a little too much salary to like what he's actually worth, but it's not like a long contract, but a good enough player where you can take them on, and that will help your team and help bring these young guys along. I I thought you were steering me in the direction of uh, Edmonton Jesse's Pooley-Arvey. I mean, that's yeah. I think we brought that up, like one of the players. either one will work. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that works too. That works too. Yeah, I think we the challenge. Money. Yeah, I think the challenge with uh, trying to acquire, let's just let's just hypothetically say, like a Brock, Brock Besser, it's you're you're giving up assets for him, and you're also then you have you have to be prepared to pay him as well. And I don't know if the Blackhawks are at a point where they're ready to pay because hypothetically, if the Blackhawks do get Adam Fantilli or Connor Bedard. And they feel Kevin Korczynski is the guy on the back end, and Frank Nazar is up, and Lucas Reichel is up. Like all, then you have to start paying all those players in year, you know, whatever year three, four, five. And if you have money already tied on the books, where they already got the Seth Jones contract, so that that's nine million dollars on on the books for a long time. But then if you tie it up for for a Brock Besser, 
um, or a player like that where you're kind of building on, on the wing. I think it, I don't want to say it handcuffs the Blackhawks, but it's probably not something that they would want to do at this point in time. Um, I, I think what, what the Blackhawks should do, especially if they land Bedard next year, they should treat the, the, the summer at the way Detroit did theirs this year, where they signed a bunch of guys to one, one or two year deals. And it made like David Perron and Dominic Kubelik. And uh, I think Andrew Kopp and Ben Sherratt, they signed to four and five year deals. So it wasn't too long of term, but it was enough where it's like, okay, there's, there's a good supporting cast there. And I think no one really expected Detroit to make those moves with the intention that they were going to make the playoffs this year. I think they made the moves with the idea that, okay, we're going to surround Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider with these veterans uh, on one or two year contracts, just so they're not swimming underwater. And, you know, if, if Detroit is out of the playoffs by March 3rd and they're getting some, uh, teams biting on David Perron or Dominic Kubelik, you know, then they can flip them for assets. And then they basically just freed up space for the, for the players that they are going to sign that are going to be there long-term. So I think that's the way the Hawks should approach it. Just try to, I don't want to say strip it down, but not really want to commit to a bunch of salary right now. So they can have that flexibility in, uh, in the future. Once they do land, you know, if it's Bedard or Fantilli or Leo Carlson, one of those guys, because they're, they're going to need that room to sign them to their, uh, second contracts eventually. No, I, yeah. I like that. I like that. I again, mm-hmm. like we, we brought this up earlier. Like, fine, this team can suck this year, but at the next year, you gotta try to make tenths to get better. Like, you cannot ice the same team next year and have the same results. Right. Yeah. You can't have like four competent forwards on your hockey team. Sorry, <laughs> that's not gonna cut it when you have the kids up next year. And if that's For how sure. they're gonna run this, I you're not going to like the on ice result. You're probably going to get <laughs> so. and that, that's actually why I, that's, that's why from, from day one, I've said Lucas Reichel should just play in Rockford all year. Cause it's like, who's he going to, I mean, yeah, there's Patrick Kane that he can play with, but like, imagine if Lucas Reichel ended up staying one more game. What was the, what was the game after Colorado? Wasn't it the Seattle game? I mean, <laughs> like, like, what would that have done for Reichel? I mean, he barely would have touched the puck that game. So it's like, it's just, I, I totally agree that it's, I think if the Blackhawks don't land a top three pick, I think it would probably make sense to bottom out another year. Um, but if you do get kind of that piece like Carlson or, or Fantilli Bedard, I, I don't see a reason why they would need to bottom out again, like, especially if Reichel is going to be up full time. You mentioned that Seattle game. Maybe Kyle Davidson's got some foresight we don't know about because uh, <laughs> talk about getting out before the bomb gets off. Holy, holy Yeah, that, that game yeah. was wild. I've never seen anything like that. I uh, I was taking every time I flipped the channel, they let up a goal. It was great. <laughs> I woke up and it was like six one. I'm like, oh well, it's okay. Then, you know, you win some, you lose some. And I'm like, uh, nine minutes left in the first period, and uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever. I <laughs> yeah, you have ever seen a score that this Guys, I think I, up yeah. I think I I think I had my ten observations written by the end of the first period that game. It was, it was, <laughs> Pierce, it was really I felt close. like, a, but it's just a normal Krabby Patty. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> still nine minutes left in the first period. Yeah, that was that was that was something. Just another footnote in this Blackhawk season, and it's, and it's yeah. funny because I think people know the Blackhawks are bad, but I. I it, it surprised me though when people were like, how could the Blackhawks do this? This is awful. And I'm like, kind of like <laughs> this team is awful. Like, it's not that surprising. But so, like, have we looked at the goaltending statistics yeah. at all, guys? Like, it's <laughs> like, yeah. My favorite is my favorite are Toronto fans when they go, "Oh man, we fleeced them for Peter Morazic." It's like, "Oh my brother in Christ, this was the plan all along." You don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if this also, is the best you could do, that's perfectly fine right now. <laughs> it's also really funny, like just reading my mentions after a dismal loss, and it's just people are just. Oh like for God. example, like they'll like crush Caleb Jones. Be like, what is Caleb Jones doing on this team? He is not. I'm just like, like why the, is Philip bench for him? Yeah, I mean, it's so. It, I'm sometimes I, I have to remember that Twitter is just kind of more of the over emotional fan and not necessarily the rational fan. But it's just funny. No, it's like, do people, it's an echo some, chamber. No. Yeah, like did some <laughs> yeah. portion of the fan base do? Do they realize what this season is about? Like, there's. Caleb Jones is probably not going to be part of the rebuild moving forward. So you'd rather have a guy like Caleb Jones out there than Isaac Phillips or, you know, some, someone that will actually be here. Um, so it's just funny because we all knew that 
But Charlie, what about the two, bad. three wins they can get that could completely hamper their chances of first overall pick, but make me a fan feel good? Why didn't you think about that? God. The same fans that they might get twenty-eight wins and not twenty-five. Like, yeah. yeah, it's it's a very yep. special kind of Blackhawk fan that we're talking about right now, and it's the one my dad said it best. It's the one that hasn't been to a game since two thousand six, and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> But now they're treating it like they are a Stanley Cup team still when they go to the game. And I'm sorry, you just can't do that with this team. Right. You can't boo people off the ice when this is the expected product. I, I'm sorry. Like last year, maybe. That's warranted last year. Right. When the team was supposed to be better. And, and on paper, it looked like they were going to be better. And they were just a tire fire. Like, that's fine. But this year? Come on, guys. Come on. Yeah. Come on. The expectations, we knew what they were going to be this year. Yeah. Smarten up a little more, guys. Like, geez. Yeah. This is how I feel since we started the podcast in, like, 2020 or whatever. Like, this is probably the most peace we've ever been at the Blackhawks right now because they've actually said what they're going to do. And I'm just like, yeah, they're losing – probably going to lose 50-plus games. But you know what? We know that there's an – a goal insight, so insight. So, I forget they literally told people what they're gonna do, and people are still begging for them to win two or three more games with who, who's Mawit and who Madonna and what. Like, it doesn't literally, it, uh, who cares? Let this team lose. The team should well, Vegas lose, just right? got nine and a half mil on their uh LTIR, so they're I right up back into the buyer's well, market. Let's go. Really, <laughs> right, right before we hopped on this podcast is when I saw that. Yep. Oh man, I. So who are they gonna go get? Like me, Timo Meyer. Like it's, let's just throw it. That's Yeah, before the pod started, uh, Pierce mentioned that. I'm like, oh okay, well Timo Meyer, in, in I division was, trade. I, I was. Uh, if you're sorry, sorry Charlie, go ahead. No, no, I was actually thinking. Uh, if Patrick Kane wants to go somewhere, that's a pretty good spot. Yeah, he, 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 I'll say this, guys. I, I, I talked to, to uh, Patrick Kane, I think it was like day two of training camp. And I remember he was at the BioSteel camp, right? With, uh, with where like all the best players were, like 30 of the best players. Connor Bedard was there. And I remember like what? Kane gushed about him. Yeah. But I, I was asking him just in a casual conversation, like, how, how was it? Like, which players stood out? And he was like, I skated on a line with Jack Eichel. And he's like, he, oh, he, he looks great. Get yeah. out. So yeah. they played at the world or the world championship a couple years ago. It was like him to bring it an Eichel, and that was the line. Yeah. And it was just yeah. Insane. I will say I'm not sure that. hypothetically, like if Kane is going to leave. I, I feel like he's gonna want to go somewhere where he can sign an extension. And I just don't know if Vegas Absolutely. has that in the cards. So it's probably I Vegas will trade away Petrangelo's contract and then give that to Kane. Like they'll find a way to get it. <laughs> yeah, they always if, they always I'm shave somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If my thing is, if 88 wants to move, we need Buffalo to start picking up more wins. Because if <laughs> Buffalo is comfortably in a playoff spot, I think they make that move. And he signs there. But if they're on the fence, they're not going to make that move. And he's just going to wait till the offseason to do that. But I'm Reagan, just going to shoot from the hip here with this yeah. question. Uh, wait, hang on. Really you, quick. I, Reagan was going to jump in. I don't want to interrupt. I'm so sorry, Reagan. I, I didn't know. No, no, I didn't want her to was, lose that thought. <laughs> I just think with, like, with Kane going back to Buffalo, like with that being his hometown and everything, and like, like ending his career there could just be like not like the perfect ending, but for lack of a better term. I I think I think the Buffalo thing is overblown. I I think Chicago oh. is more I think Chicago is more home to him than Buffalo. Um, I, yeah. And no, and but like a couple of years ago, I would have thought the same thing. Like came to Buffalo, this makes all this makes all the sense in the world. I think he loves Chicago so much. You got a child um, here and or in Chicago, like. I yeah, and I, I just think – I think, like, even when Kane retires, like, I think he's going to settle down in Chicago, not Buffalo. Mm. So, I think that's – I think maybe, maybe uh, like, 10-year-old Patrick Kane would have been really enthused at that possibility, <laughs> but I think he's really I get to play with Dominic Hasek. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 10-year-old Patrick Kane on the it, hockey card. Uh, right. Like, I was yeah. just crazy. You, oh, sorry, Reagan. <laughs> I would love to see him in his career here, but at the same time with – where the Hawks are currently, I just don't really see that happening. I, you know what? It's hard I, to say though. Everyone asked me, like everyone asked me, what do you think Kane and Taves are going to Just family members and friends. I'm like, I don't know because I don't think they know yet. Like, no, I think they keep, I think they keep leaning one way. Like they're like, ah, you know, but I, I genuinely think, I think Patrick Kane specifically, like I think he's really wrestling with it because he he probably wants to just he can put, probably play until he's 40 
maybe even beyond that. So I think he feels like if he leaves, he doesn't he doesn't want Chicago to be good again without him. Like I think he still wants to be part. Like with Jonathan Taves, is so different. Like I could see Jonathan just kind of hanging it up whenever he whenever really. Um, I feel like he's more open to being traded and being on a on a contender. I, that's what I right. feel. Again, I don't know. I'm in. The, I'm not in the locker room interacting with him, but that's just how I feel. Yeah, Charlie, I agree. I, yeah. I want to ask. Yeah, what do you think about Taves? Like, do you think that there's a okay numbers or numbers? I know that this asking for a percentage. Maybe it's better to just ask. You know, just words, opinion, whatever. What's but, your gut feeling? Like, do you? Think- yeah. What do you? Would you? You know, I should ask. Yeah, not percentage. What's your gut feeling about Taves? Do you think there's actually a decent chance that he goes? So I think, Reagan, if your dog wants to chip in at any moment, let me know. <laughs> Pierce, get Stevie in. Let's go. Pierce, I Only saw, Violet. I saw your, I saw your cat walking yeah. around there too. So you know, I feel oh, like, oh, she heard her name. She, I think she's coming back now. I love it. I, here's what I'll say. It feels like uh, Patrick Kane is more likely to stay than Jonathan Taves. It, that's, that's the feeling I get. Yeah. But ask yeah. me tomorrow, and my opinion might be different, <laughs> right? Um, I think the reason, I think. With Jonathan Taves, it's tricky because I did the the sit down interview with him a couple weeks ago, and the one thing that kind of jumped out at me is he was being he was being very humble about. Uh, I think he said specifically, like I don't know what opportunities are going to be out there, and I think he was being humble because he's like, I don't know who might be interested in me, and if there are teams mm-hmm. that could fit me in, so it, he could say, oh yeah, I want to go to a contender, and if no one can fit him in and no one's biting, like well, tough luck. Like he's, he's got to stick around, you know, there's, there's no one that can make it work. So I think that's where he's kind of like, I think he would, yes, he would love to finish his career in Chicago, but we've heard it even over the summer where he's like five-year rebuild. That does not sound appealing at all. Like he's very just on the record. My favorite was when he was tone deaf last year, all all throughout every locker room interview, or like when we would go on ESPN and Emily Kaplan would ask him and he'd be like, well, I don't really know what's going on right now. And it's just like, can you just give him one quote? One quote to where we're not just in the mud. He, once. He's kind of like, he's just like in denial of the situation. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's what it comes across. So I think if there were what there was an opportunity for him to get traded to a Stanley cup contender and it was a place where he can see himself playing. Like, I think he would like, I get the feeling that he might, he, he'll probably wave his no movement clause, but I think he's being more humble about it. Cause he's like, I'm not sure what the opportunities are going to present themselves because of how he's playing his contract which teams could fit him in the asset, like it all kind of plays into it. I, I think for his defense, um, when he's a free agent, someone's going to pick him up. It's just not going to yeah. be for a giant number. Like the one I think of is when Corey Perry got bought out a couple years back and he just kept signing one year deals. And he, Corey Perry hasn't team. really like yeah. lost his, he's lost his foot stat, foot speed, but mm-hmm. all the vision. And now you get to go play for winners in the bottom six. And like, if Taves can like put, get that or like, Humble himself enough because, like, it's it's hard to go from making ten and a half mil to making like two. Like, and I don't care what anyone says. That's going to be a very big difference, yeah. and that's what or, it's going to be. Or you do what Patrice Bergeron did this year, and he's signed for like two point whatever seven five million dollars, and you just make it a thirty five plus performance based contract, right? Mm-hmm. I think he would qualify next year. Or maybe he, he wouldn't yet. Or, I'm not sure. Season after, but, probably the season after, right? But still, like, yeah, I, I think he could be set up in a nice situation. And and to his Agreed. defense, there's gonna be a market for Taves. I don't. There are too many dumb hockey men in this business who are gonna say the three hunt three time Stanley Cup champion, and they're gonna they're, they're gonna want that ship. <laughs> the one like, thing I, I, will I say... joke about it all the time. <laughs> if the Leafs lose out on all these trade deadline acquisitions, do not be surprised when Jonathan Taves is a Toronto Maple Leaf. Do not. <laughs> The noise of the first. Let's go. Oh, we didn't get O'Reilly. We didn't get all any of these other guys. Get Taves at two point five on the third line. There you go. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Why? Why? Why not talk about that? Why not talk about? No particular those? reason. No particular reason. Just well, uh, sort of subject for. We no won't this time. Reason. Anyways. Well, you know, in 2013, Taves did say uh, that if there's one team he'd play. I, I remember this. There's a uh, he had a some. He brought the cup somewhere, and they were like. Taves, if you play one other place, where would it be? And he's like, uh, Toronto. Just kidding, but I don't know. And I was like, I'm like, huh? Like, really? No one ever that. talked about it. No one ever talked about it. I Are you sure you're not making this up? Is there a I'm link not making this up. I, oh, I swear to God, because I remember being like, I remember hearing that, and I watched it like five times over. And I was like, that's just, that's a Freudian slip of all slips. Like, what do you, what? 
And I don't know. I, don't know. I just think <laughs> maybe it happens. Who knows? I mean, you maybe, you know, maybe you just manifested it after leaves, uh, so. 10 years. Huh? Man, you're like that's like your Zapruder film right now. Like, did you actually say that? <laughs> yeah. Basically, anyway. yeah. Well, yeah. This this next few months, like this month in particular, is gonna be interesting. We're gonna we will we're gonna find out by the end of the month whether Taze and Kane, one of them, one of them goes, one of them stays, both go or both stay. And I just I feel at this moment in time, I I, I really do think both stay, but. Again, so many things can happen so quickly. Like we just saw, Mark Stone is injured. Like, are you telling me Vegas won't at least sniff at the idea of potentially getting Jonathan Taves or maybe Patrick Kane? But I just, I feel for Patrick Kane. Like, there's got to be a an extension involved to be traded, and that'll help the Blackhawks get more. And I think Taves. I think, I think more. There'll be more of a market for him, but it's going to be harder to retain as much. Like, there's just so many facts. Like, this isn't this isn't an, a simple one direct uh, decision. Like, yeah, I'm going to go to this team and, and that's it. Like it's more nuanced than that. And obviously over the next month, we're going to find out. And I, right. I mean, we've reached the point where, yeah, <laughs> we've reached the point where, well, I guess when I get back, we get back and we're on the other side of the all-star break is like, if I'm away from my phone for like 10 minutes, I like I have anxiety. I'm like, oh my gosh, something, something like I don't know why I was away from my. Well, phone that was for that me. Long. That was me. I'm like, I didn't check my phone, and then it blown up. I'm like, oh, Bo Horvat is a New York Islander. Yeah, I think on March 4th, I might sleep for 12 hours. <laughs> At least on the bright side, it, if we're going off of the last like three or four deadlines, uh, most of the moves get made like three days in advance. So like, at least the day of, usually it's not yeah. too crazy, but like. That weekend, actually, all hell breaks. Like, it's usually that Thursday night, someone makes the first big domino move, and then everyone else is like, Shit, Don't make, a make a move. move. <laughs> yeah. in the morning on a Sunday, and that's the point. Like, NHL GMs being reactionary? I've never heard this no, story before. No, what are you talking no, about? We, GMs have definitely never traded for Erica Branson for a seventh just so they can make a move <laughs> at the deadline. No, no, no. Come on. Guys. Oh, GMs are not that. Not that uh knee jerk. No, not at all. No, <laughs> no way. They're not dumb and enough they don't to take, put a guy on waivers and then not they know that think. someone would claim him on waivers, right, guys? Like, no. The NHL GMs are not that dumb. Come on. <laughs> what a clown show of a league. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, guys, Nashville's better than Chicago. They're better than Chicago. Remember that. Oh my god. <laughs> because they're in perennial mediocrity for the next five years. It's wonderful. That's like, not a situation I would want to be part of. <laughs> we were just a part of it. <laughs> five years. It was, sucked. Oh my yeah. gosh. I remember when Mark tweeted that and all these Nashville fans, I, I know quite a lot. That's exactly what They're all like, oh, what are you talking about? Why so are respectful. Oh, like, we were there two years ago. We were just there. We understand. We're saying that we're glad we're not in your position because we've been there. We say a but, thing or two. But yeah, get excited about like Yuso Partinen or whatever, or whoever <laughs> their stupid rookie is that has ten points. Like I, Tommy Novak. Whatever, it's Very fine. Excited. Like I'm just glad that's not our team right now. I'm glad there's at least yeah. some direction in the organization nowadays. Right. We definitely weren't excited about like middle six players two three years ago. We we know nothing about that. No, still the thing no, that makes me laugh no. the most is if Kyle Davidson made these moves like three years ago when we were trying to be good. They'd probably be good. Like every move he made last offseason was like what a winning team would do. Not well, like they, they go wanted, sign Chris Kunitz and Brandon Manning when you want to win good. Let's go. Sorry, I'm dropping a lot of shots at he who shall not be named right now. And yeah. he deserves every one of them. <laughs> I won't say yeah. it though. Won't say the, it. Yeah. Well, the Blackhawks did want there were right. there were quite a few people inside the organization that wanted to tear it down in 2018. Uh, and that got we, vetoed. Yeah, so. we know. Yeah, yeah. We know. So about like, that. Yeah, right. Yeah, there gotta love go. the gotta love the power struggle. <laughs> the last eight years were <laughs> re reopening old wounds. Yeah, but I feel yeah. If, we, we're, if we keep going down this road, we're going to take another hour and a half. <laughs> 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 keep going in ending endless circles and hating ourselves. So, um, Reagan, I want because this. The draft is ultimately going to be the last thing before the season ends. So I want to give the floor to you to ask your question before we kind of wrap things up. Yeah. Uh, so if the Hawks don't uh, land the first overall pick and don't really have that shot at Bedard, who do you think would like best fit the team in like the two to five uh, pick range? That's a really good question, especially when it comes to uh, Matvey Michkov. Um, Cause I was hypothetically like if the black, let's just say the Blackhawks get number four. 
the four overall pick. And it's Bedard, Fantilli, and Carlson are the first three. If you're the Blackhawks, do you pick Mitchkov at four, even though he might not be here for three, at least three more years? Or is that way too, like, because he theoretically could be a Kirill Kaprizov. Kaprizov. I actually was talking to a scout uh, a while ago, and he thought he was better than Kaprizov. Like, he could be better than Kaprizov. So it's like, but I just don't know if you can really sell that to your fan base. That, I don't hey, think you could sell that to ownership. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> Rocky's going to start looking at these. Like, I don't mean to cut you off, but Pearson, I joke. No, that's a great time. point. We don't get a top two pick. Rocky's going to start looking at those ticket sales and be like, hey, guys, this tank's great, but uh, start spending money. I want to win. Right. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's just seats. It's really, really hard. If you're if you're maybe Arizona, I like I would absolutely jump at Mitch Cobb because you, you need like an electrifying player like that to maybe revitalize the fan base. But if you're Chicago, where you're looking at... Are you telling me Lawson Cross isn't getting it done? <laughs> oh, disrespect yeah, to uh, Nick Richie. Don't worry, buddy. Nick Schmolcher is. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it, it's a good question, Reagan, because I think oh, it's Connor Bedard, obviously the generational type talent. I think Austin, or, uh, Austin uh, Adam Fantilli, I think he's... I think he's like close to where Jonathan Taves was at this stage of his career. So like I think of... Yeah. Think of, think of Fantilli as more of a tape. So like, let's just say those two are off the table. I feel like Leo Carlson is the next best bet, but I just don't know. He's probably not in the NHL next year. He's probably got another year. Right. So that's where it gets tricky. And I don't know if is Leo Carlson going to be a first line center. Uh, is he going to be a dominant first line center? I don't know. Like his skating is isn't wing, great. Right? Yeah. Right. So like maybe he's more of a second line. So then, if you got Frank Nazar and you have Lucas Reichel, those are maybe a lot of really good second line centers, but there isn't like a first line driver, right? So I think it's it's tough. I, so I think, like to your question, I think Carlson and Mitch Goff, like that's where the conversation is going to get interesting, especially if Chicago does land for, like what what can they sell their fan base? and But also like what player would bet, like just imagine in three years, uh, Mitch Goff just gets dropped into the Blackhawks lineup like out of nowhere. And it's just like, wow, it's just this all future NHL all-star is just out of nowhere as opposed yeah. to maybe drafting a guy like whoever's after Mitch Goff. And it's just like, well, he might not be as great, but we'd like him here now. <laughs> you know, oh, I think if Let's we talk. get to that scenario, we're going to find out just how much faith that ownership has in Kyle Davidson for his rebuild plan. Like how much yeah, I'll say, there's, there's what there's we would a- say. And there's what Rocky Wirtz and his uh, bank account would say. Yeah. yeah, well, it's a business though too. It it's not necessarily that they wouldn't want to. I mean, yeah, they wouldn't want to wait four years. But it's also the Blackhawks haven't. Their attendance has actually been pretty decent this year. But it's just if you're going to lose Kane and Taves, you gotta you gotta sell something, you know. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. it's also part of it. It's not necessarily Rocky not <sighs> wanting to wait four years. It's also like they got to make sure that the fans are staying engaged with what the the rebuild is and where it's going. We will have a top two pick. Batman knows how important Chicago is. Like, I'm not, I'll be the first to say it. And he did it a couple years ago in New York and New Jersey. He wants the good market to be good. It's all staged. Let's not pretend like LA didn't just get a number two pick a couple years ago and a number five pick. Like, he knows when he needs his good markets to be good. We're not dropping below three in my eyes. And if we do, like Pierce said, there's going to be a lot more questions than answers. Let's just put it that you way. You can you can have that opinion, and I'm not going to push back. But I will say, there are so many things that would have to happen for the lottery to get rigged. And if it ever got out that it did get rigged, it would be a massive lawsuit for the people that. But it was funny. It was funny though that New York draft, the Lafreniere draft. Remember how they unveiled the ball, the, the lottery balls, and like the guy fumbled the Rangers one, and it was like, oh, man. It, it yeah. and of course the Rangers won. Like it was hilarious. Well, I but... remember that Toronto one almost beat out the Rangers ball. And, man, <laughs> I'm just saying that as a mostly. I'm saying that as a joke mostly, but I like know, deep I down, know. Batman knows he needs Chicago to be good. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, I, I mean, I think we can all agree that if Bedard goes to like Arizona, it would just be a disaster for the league. You know. It, I mean, I, I will. I refuse. Like I, we've joked about this on the show. Anywhere else, anywhere right. else, just do yeah. not rot him in Arizona for five years. Yeah. I will yeah. never yeah. forgive that. I will never. Even Columbus him. would be good. You get Goudreau, Are you kidding me? He gets the sling pucks with Goudreau for five years. That's amazing. Yeah. No, but we're gonna go sling pucks with like. 
no offense to Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz. Like, just get a bigger arena. Like, I <laughs> I don't want him playing. Like, he's playing in front of bigger OHL crowds than what he would play in Arizona. That's a problem. The darn hey, big stage hey, on crowd. the road. Oh, by the way, regarding that, they're playing – the Regina Pats are playing in Calgary. They sold out the whole uh, Saddle Dome Stadium. That's how big of a draw Connor Bedard is. Box office. OHL. Yeah. He's box mm-hmm. office, man. It, it, you know, it's good. That's the thing with Bedard, too, is, is box like, office. We, we all joked about it because, like, the World Juniors usually, like, it gets heightened for most prospects anyway. Like, if you score, like, five goals in the World Juniors, it's like, oh, well, you know, his prospect rating's going to go up. Well, Bedard just decided to shatter every single record that we had known. And it's just like, well, now we can't even, like, not hype him up. Like, we can't even, like, temper expectations. This guy just keeps breaking every, like, glass ceiling you put there for him. Like he's on like a feel... 21 game goal streak or something. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> he's it, almost at 50 goals right now. Oh, he's got a 10 he game goal streak. 10, yeah. 10 game goal streak. 21 in 10 games though. That's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> and by the way, and I think he his very first game in the uh his very first game this season he did not have a point, and so yep. every other game he's mm-hmm. had like yeah. since going having zero points on the opener. He has had a point. And I and I and I have game. to keep telling people who don't follow like junior hockey a lot because they're like, oh yeah, well, it's just juniors. I'm like, you need to realize that he's on a really bad junior team no. right now. We're it's just him. Yeah. Like right. it is yeah. like everyone jokes like Connor Bedard and his band of merry men. No, that's actually what that is. No, right that's now, just Connor Bedard. It's just Connor China. Bedard. It's the Connor Bedard show. He's selling <laughs> tickets. That's how much of a draw he is. Right. And, and like you gotta think Canadian teams gotta love his loyalty to uh Regina and not asking for a trade this year. You got to think a team like Arizona or Chicago is like, all right, well, maybe he'll sit around for the shit show for a couple years. How about that? (laughs) Uh, Like one of the last like school games I worked that they had like a Jersey auction. I think Bedard's team had one like the night before or something. We were talking about it. I guess his Jersey went for like $13,000. Holy cow. Junior. Like insane. We've, we've really never seen, anything quite like it because it's not like he's McDavid where he's six foot two and he's five. I, I think he's barely he's five. five nine. And I think that's being generous. Like he's barely also five, his, yeah. his statistical splits are much different. McDavid was far more a playmaker than a goal scorer. McDavid only the last two, three years has cemented himself as a goal scorer in the NHL, but Dard's got a 43, 43 split. He's, right. com- he's a complete player. It's guys like at Braden Point and Austin Matthews had a baby. That's basically I heard, what he I heard, I, Yeah, I heard that too. I've heard Austin Matthews-Patrick Kane hybrid. Uh, yeah, that's exactly – I was just going to say, it's no. honestly whatever he wants to feel that day. Like if he feels like he wants to score a hat trick, he'll, he'll – I'm going to be a playmaker on, today and just yeah. sling it across the ice. Like, yeah, exactly. Just, I'll have maybe five apples today. I'll just be an assist guy. And he's exactly. just – whatever he decides that day. He and he's he he's like – Good player. What is he? He he's so massive too. Like, what, remember when Kane came out of in two thousand seven when he was drafted first? He was like barely one sixty. Soaking. Yeah, Bedard like is five, like one eighty five, one ninety. He might be more than that. He's got he's a no. He's he's, he's a, a small guy, but he's a stocky guy. Like you can't knock him on his ass. A little shit right? brick house is what he is. His legs are massive. Exactly. Go Google his legs. He's like they're, Crosby. They're really he's got tree trunks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's crazy. Celebrity legs coming right up. Yeah. Oh man. I just really hope he goes to a market that's going to respect it because he goes to like Arizona. It's just, it's just not good for the league. I'm sorry. Like say what you want. At least in 2015, McDavid was either going to be in Edmonton or Buffalo. Like that's two good spots for a young star to be in, at least in terms of like having a fan base and like actually having a following. I don't want to see Connor Bedard in Arizona. I don't care if that makes me a hater. I don't care. I don't care. Just don't put him there. Put him anywhere else. I, care. I think everyone don't. listening is nodding. Just so you know. Yeah. So, just big... we've even had yeah. like on a couple of prospect guys over the year, and they're just like, Yeah, we don't want to see him in Arizona. I'm like, I think it's sorry, Coyotes fans to the two of you. <laughs> oh sorry, Abby. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, we could... this guy, like worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I mean it'd be a great place to live. Uh that's that's about it. hey at least you don't have to change in the away team locker rooms for the next three years (laughs) Uh, people just forgot about how shitty that is didn't they like it's 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 a terrible arena like i bet it's fun for fans but like i'm sorry i can't imagine how you feel as an away team walking up to mullet arena like the amount of disrespect you must feel it's like 
I'm changing in a freaking curtain right now in the middle <laughs> of a giant like atrium. This is ridiculous. A janitor's like, closet. And sorry. Oh yeah, you guys have to leave at nine thirty because we have to pull up the ice and get the basketball court ready for tomorrow night. You know, big game with Arizona State. Just oh. You know, well, but they're going to get the stadium in five years, guys. We only have to wait five years. Less than that, I'm pretty sure, Reagan. It's terrible. Like, the only good thing they do is they leave the section for students. That's it. Yeah. That's the only good thing they do. Once again, for fans, fine. Everything else is ridiculous. <laughs> I, don't think about it. I work for an ECHL team on game days, and I've worked games with bigger crowds than that. <laughs> I've worked single-A baseball games with more people than that. Like, it's ridiculous. This is just a, I like how this, I like how this just the roast of the Coyotes. Oh, and it's 100% warranted. Let's act like it's not. Let's not pretend like it's not. <laughs> oh, not at all. No, I, I ain't disagreeing I feel like I can only. <laughs> I feel like I can only get myself in trouble if I contribute more to this conversation. So <laughs> that's why. I, that's why I was trying to say, Charlie, you know your leash. You can you can walk as far as you need to. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, Charlie. Well, uh, well, I feel we could probably go on for another hour about how Arizona sucks and why kind of the dark can go there. But uh, we really appreciate you having on. This next month is going to be. Huge for the Blackhawks, and, and this upcoming season, off season, is going to be huge for the Blackhawks. Like this, these are these are big years, but I think we needed this change, and uh, we're glad we ha- had you to come on to, to kind of get your thoughts on how how things are going because uh, we I still don't know how things are going to shake out, but yeah, yeah it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun. Uh, I shouldn't say fun, but like it's going to be an interesting yeah. next month, right? And I think March 4th, we can at least all breathe and start to digest. Okay, what does this all mean? Arcane and Dave's here. What that now it's like, like even now, like some of my family members are asking me, like they're looking at cap friendly and they're asking me questions. I'm like, can we just talk on March 4th? Because all of this could be irrelevant by then, right? So it'll be, it'll be an interesting next month. Very true. <laughs> yeah, Charlie, again, we, we appreciate you having, having you on and, uh, taking the time to talk with us and I hope you uh, enjoy your time off for this all-star break. I will. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. It's always fun to chat and uh, yeah, let's do it again it's soon. I know. We'll, uh, no, it was yeah. too long. Of, it was too long of a gap. We got to, we got to, I know a part of that is my fault. Cause I, I know it's, it's just busy. I'm it's busy time. You obviously know. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to squeeze this in before I, I left. So I'm glad we were able to do it and thanks for working around I, Pierce, I wanted you to be on here because I know we'd been working on on doing this for a while. So yeah. hopefully it didn't throw everyone else off. No, not at all. Good, not yeah. at all. We're, so, we're just glad we could get the whole gang here. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, yeah. We got, we, got whole, we got a whole line and a deep on. and a deep pairing here. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie, on the, Charlie and I on the back end. We're about to we're about to yeah. wreak havoc. No, let's okay. leave from the back end. Oh yeah, Pierce, <laughs> we're on the back end. My bad. <laughs> Always use a goalie. Drop shots from center ice. Anyway. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, of course you'll be great. I'll tell you that. On my, course screen, great. Uh, on my screen, Jimmy, you're the center. Reagan's on my right wing, and and Pierce, you're on the left. Yeah, so two me, and, me and Dylan that are is, anchoring the back end. We just need we just need a I'm goalie the Scott now. Scott Stevens of this team. Let's go, boys. Pierce, <laughs> you're my Martin Furk. Let's go. <laughs> you're my Martin yeah. Furk. <laughs> Stevie, oh, Stevie will be the goalie. We'll get her up here. Reagan's our Mallory Philippe Poulin because she's the one that carries our team. Let's go! Yeah. <laughs> Scores the big time goals. Oh wait, no, I sorry, just... she's wearing USA, so she's Hillary Knight. There we yeah, go. There you go. I just, I'm, uh, I'm at Steve Conroy's uh, little uh, uh, what's his little skill camp. I'm the uh, I'm the fill in. Like <laughs> All right, let's wrap this yeah, up. Let's end this. Yeah, Charlie, thank you so much for coming on. It was great having this conversation with you. And uh, hopefully, the next time we talk, things are going to be changed. But uh, hopefully, we have you on soon here. Of course. Much love, guys. I got you. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something you use every day. Like my Raycons. Raycon is a premium auto at the perfect price point so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. 
Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than what you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Here are some of the features of the Raycons. Three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear call quality, as well as water and sweat resistant. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off.